Before we jump in, a warning that we are an explicit book podcast. Yes, that means swearing, shitty jokes, and a whole lot of dark humour that some may take offence to. Please check your trigger warnings on all of the books we cover. You've been warned. The episode starts in three, two, one. (laughs) A book and a bear. Well, zap my flaps and call me a good girl because it's time for House of Sky and Breath. <laughs> Not the flaps, Bryony. And you singed right off. Who needs laser? Fucking hell. It's going to sign that song. That's Did fried you... pussy. <laughs> fried pussy. We've, we've only just started. Fucking hell. I wrote it and I was like, oh, I actually shit. physically recalled. Like, my flaps almost inverted <laughs> then. <laughs> oh, I just love how you couldn't get through the fourth word without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I will laugh at my own jokes more than anyone else. I love, love. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, if you were wondering what we're reading, this week we are covering House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. That's right. It's the last Sarah J. Mass book for us to cover before House of Flame and Shadow. We've covered every other book she's written. I hope you are all assuming the brace position as we get royally fucked, hopefully by the crown prince of the Valbarian fate. Nope. Oh, with the white men again. Every time. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of crumping. Another whole minute where we can just throw our backs out collectively. If you haven't figured it out, you've got Bryony, you've got Georgia as per usual, and we are once again joined by Emily and Jess, aka a little bit booked and Emily's book up. We're so happy to have you guys for this. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'm so excited. We needed two people to totally match our levels with this. This book brought us together. So, yeah, I'm so excited, so happy to be here. For those of you at home who may be wondering, this is how their beautiful friendship started it's true it's true, it's true. We we're up till midnight well on i think the release was two days prior we both smashed the book you should never meet people from the internet but we did it because nobody else in our <laughs> lives had read this book and was like look i know this might be weird but would you like to meet a stranger for a drink and we can talk <laughs> we met that afternoon and i think after that we'd had i don't know dinner every night since every night every week yeah every week every week <laughs> Talked every night since. Yeah, yeah, dead set, all because of this book. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. It's like mm-hmm. the most romantic love story ever. <laughs> In love friendship. <laughs> On that note, what are we all drinking? I'm my uh, usual gin. Nice. The same. I am drinking white wine to go with Danica's White Lies. And the man oh. is here. Look, mine is water. I would pick it up, but it's on my light and it's keeping my light alive right now. But I'm drinking water because they're the tears of my soul and because I've had a migraine all day, so it's fine. Could you say your yeah. water bottle is lighting it up right now? Oh! oh. It is. It is actually. It's lighting up this room. Yeah. Big wink, Emily. Big wink. <laughs> Oh dear. I'm thinking Jack and Coke because of reasons. Full stop. Think of what those reasons were, but they're there. Black, it's dark. Dark like the end of the book. Yeah. (laughs) Not positive vibes. On that note, what did we all think of said book? Well, this book is brilliant. Did I love Earth and Blood and the build up a little bit more than the majority of this book? 
Probably. However, the ending made up for everything else. Like I felt like it was just a little bit differently paced to what the first book was. The first book just felt mm. like it was boom, 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 boom. Whereas this book felt a little bit more of like we're going in depth with the characters. The Throne of Glass series for me is very much like the build up. That's why you have mm. such an emotional connection to those characters. Whereas Akatar felt a little bit more boom, 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 faster paced. Everything was kind mm. of happening. It's squished into a shorter amount of books that would probably explain why. I felt like this book kind of gave me the more of like the build up kind of stuff, even though we've already kind of had it all, but it gave you a little bit more to kind of grip about with the characters. But again, the ending. It fucking took me for a mm. 360. I just absolutely passed away. And Bryce and Hunt's development was a huge smash, literally. <laughs> well, <laughs> hi, Zap Daddy. She says, hi, Zap Daddy. Literally. literally. Yeah. yeah, literally. And Rune, I also know that there are three things that I know and all of them are to do with him doing dirty things to me. So Daddy, double, thumbs <laughs> double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Don't ask where those thumbs are up. But they no, are. They're, they're up. up somewhere. They're up somewhere. Indeed. <laughs> but I am an absolute dirty slut for a multiverse, all right? And Sarah mm. is the queen of throwing the unexpected at us. And I am just way too excited for this new book. I'm just on the edge of my fucking seat, all right? <laughs> yeah. This book changed my brain chemistry. The story as a whole could be a movie or a TV show. Like, as I was reading it, I could picture the entire thing. And I think after meeting and getting to know the characters in book one, there was a lot more of an emotional connection to them this time around mm. but I have never felt the way I have when finishing a book ever I had goosebumps I had an outer body experience I was shaking mm -hmm. I've never experienced that in a book overall agree with Georgia that this one was a little bit slower paced than the first one but the ending just completely smash it out of park. Mm, yeah, 100%. This book fucked me up in the best way possible. The foreshadowing should have hinted at what was to come, but honestly, I could not have guessed it. The full body reaction, like Jess, I had to the ending of this book was like nothing I've ever experienced. I had to have a cold shower because I was sweating <laughs> so much and like crying. It was a whole thing. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> loved getting to know some of the other characters better. And after a reread, again, I felt I understood the plot a bit better there's still so much happening all at once so i'm glad that i've done a second read mm. can we also just congratulate sarah on how she fucking nails multiple points of view with yeah. no character headings above each point like you just start a paragraph and immediately know who's talking yeah without even being told it's fucking genius overall bring on january 30th this book ruined me and i can't wait to be fucking decimated with the next one <laughs> so fucking lately we're gonna die yeah yeah well 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 sarah janet mass i don't know if janet's actually a middle name but it just i went with it so <laughs> pretty sure it is <laughs> i remember finishing this book for the first time in the hairdresser in public oh no it was a lot. And I also finished this book for the first time as we were in the middle of recording our Akasif episodes, which was episode nine of the podcast, and we're currently recording episode 82. Wow. wow. So that's just perspective. This book is by no means like one of my favourites by SJM. The story itself, I was like, who is Sophie? Why is Sophie? How is Sophie? But I loved it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I loved that the turn to join the rebellion was so complex. Like, you know, mm -hmm. in other books, it's like, yes, rebellion, but 
this showed a whole bunch of layers and the complexity for why people just couldn't like you know just jump into it and I thought those discussions were really handled well but what this book has done for the multiverse like it's our first Avengers film in a book and I'm Mm. here for it and then we get some hot new fictional men by way of our cockney hellhound and blonde shadow daddy oh bring it was not expecting the cockney accent and I am for it and I was not aware of it until I did the audio book and I was like oh it's amazing what (laughs) yeah oh Cormac hello oh yes 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 I would Mm -hmm. smash every single character in the SJM universe and I have no issues doing so no issues Let's dive the fuck in. You know, at the beginning of our episodes, we do the who are our bitches. And, you know, we had some issues with me. I'm the issue last one. So we did like a really nice who everyone is. And then we lost that. We just assume you already know. And we're not rehashing because we quite simply don't have time. There's a lot to get through. (laughs) The start of this book is arguably the weakest part of it. So strap the fuck in as we go through. (laughs) (laughs) The start of this book, we have a prologue about a bitch named Sophie and we don't know who Sophie is but it's fine we trust the process Sophie's spent two weeks in like a prison slave camp trying to find her brother a meal and now it's time for a jailbreak Sophie just FYI is half human and half Vanir half Thunderbird specifically which like not like the Thunderbirds goat like it's a whole other like <laughs> lighting thing it's not like Hunt either they're very specific that the Thunderbirds are not Hunt and yet I'm like it seems very similar mm. yeah it's apparently being a Thunderbird means that she can absorb and redirect any type of energy and not only does that make her a super rare weapon but she also has like top secret intel on the Asteri so that's her importance and apparently why we're even here (laughs) in case you were wondering because you start this book and you're like is this a misprint yeah Yeah. I was reading it and And I was going what on earth and who the fuck so the prison break is in full swing and they manage to get out of the camp and get to her secret agent person aka a veneer who goes by agent silverbow they reach the port but the vibes are iffy and it ends up being like Sophie versus the Hind and her dread wolves which what is the difference between dread wolves and werewolves anyways very confusing (laughs) yeah one's evil (laughs) one's not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Silverbow's trying to save the kids while Sophie holds them off, but like as she's barreling down the dock to make it to the boat, it's like basically like a good old like Western showdown. And the hind and her sniper rifle of Gaussian bullets versus like Sophie's emaciated slave legs. You can see how that goes. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't. She clearly didn't zigzag. She did no, not zigzag. Right. She did. She did zigzag. not see season whatever the fuck of Game of Thrones it was. <laughs> The Asteri have like three submarines now closing in on the boat of children when the power of the city at the docks is like drained and then redirected and takes out like all three submarines. It's like that's where the rich people went. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Sophie is taken by the hind, so that's a bit sad face. The hind promptly takes Sophie out into the ocean and drops her into the like deep shackled to bricks. It's very mafia-esque. So then we're back in our favourites point of view and we forget all the fuck about Sophie. (laughs) We start with Bryce at the ballet and it's a big performance for Juniper and we get a heap of background on some like historical statues before Hunt shows up with shorter hair and in a suit. Yes, Stop it right this second. On that note, we have like a random ass celibacy pact. Although like they both nearly died slash did die but came back, why should we bone now when we can get to know each other more? Yeah, look. Ew. 
Why? Sarah. No one asked. No. no one. And also, we've read this story before, and you should never wait. <laughs> no. We never had one book of Slow Burn. One. Yeah, exactly. Oh, one. We didn't need to wait. No. Okay. And also, Ferrani, you put that into my brain, right? We, we <laughs> You said, we know not to wait, okay? But then I remembered that in the last book, she used the lavender soap. And now I'm getting really <laughs> dangerous, really, really Look sad at- flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, look, not okay. We... I'm already depressed. I don't need more. Already, <laughs> chaos. <laughs> yeah, look. I just love how straight away we're like celibacy. No, <laughs> no. That's it. no, I'm celibacy. not reading. I'm not reading. We're not in the house of Jesus now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't sign up for this shit. Absolutely no. not. No. Anyways, Bryce starts accidentally lighting up in the middle of the theatre because her star just does that now, apparently. But lucky, like, Hunt can just cop a handful of her beautiful titties and cover it up. Nice. Slay. We're then at a house party at Runes, and I love that we see Hunt and Bryce actually talking about, like, how to live in a world when, like, such crazy shit has happened. The new Archangel who is going to be replacing Micah is announced, and Hunt is an anxious boy. But importantly, we get to Chapter 3, a.k.a. Rune Dan and knew three things with absolute certainty. One, he had smoked so much mirth root that he couldn't feel his face, which was a damn shame because there was a female currently sitting on it. Two, he had downed an obscene amount of whiskey because he had no idea what the female's name was or how they'd gotten to his bedroom or how he'd wound up with his tongue between her legs. And three, he really fucking loved his life. At least right now. That was exactly what I needed. Look, I've got my shirt on for those listening. I've got my rune shirt on. This is it. I'm done now. I'm happy. Thank you for having me. Uh, Chapter three is where it ends. We're done now. It's been nice. It's been nice. It's been lovely. Enjoy the trauma. Nothing else happens in this book. That's where we end it. Thank you. (laughs) I think there's a very high likelihood uh, that we could have a scene in the next book where it says rune down and knew three things with absolute certainty and it's not good. Yeah. And do you know what? It'll be in chapter three. God, she let's, loves let's, to fucking torment us. She does. She really let's does. Pour, we're going to we're gonna keep that. <clears throat> the house security starts going off and this moment is ruined, which again is sad. But then a new shadow daddy appears. Granted, he is golden-haired, tan-skinned shadow daddy, but still will take him. His name is Cormac. And mm. he has been betrothed to Bryce by the Autumn King, Big Ick. Ew. Obviously, mm. we are not having this, but that's a problem for later chapters. Our lovebirds <laughs> head home after strategizing with the gang, only to find like a bloody Ethan Holstrom on her apartment floor. You're like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> it's just so <laughs> much fuck. This is only chapter three. <laughs> Within one chapter, we've gone from a fawn sitting on her face to a fucking bleeding wolf on the floor. There's lots so now of we're animals. in Therian's point of view as well, so that's different. And he's sent to search for Sophie's body by the River Queen, which just seems a bit odd, but okay. And they find the blocks but only the shackles there's no body so like now the search is on for Sophie and her brother so apparently she was there for a reason Bryce and Hunt work on patching Ethan up and turns out he's been excommunicated by Sabine for defending Bryce in a newspaper Ethan ends up crashing with Bryce while he recovers so that seems super cool Rune is raging at his dad about Bryce's engagement engagement 
Engage Mac. Engage it's the words. conjoining of words. Cormac <laughs> <laughs> just drops the tea that Hypaxia is a necromancer and her sister is Lydia Servos, aka the Hind. Oh, and like the Autumn King is still a turd if you were just wondering. So much is happening. We also know that Jessica has been like out of the city ever since the gallery was trashed. So that just seems super casual and normal and we shouldn't question it. Cormac shows up at Bryce's new job at the Fay Archives to speak to her and we all get the collective it. <laughs> Hunt meets the new archangel Celestina and is shook because she seems nice. No She's one, like, no <laughs> one's nice. No, so it's not. It's um, not a good thing. No. Where is your torture chamber, madam? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things are going too well until we learn that Micah and Sandriel's triaries are now being merged. So now the hammer and the hellhound are going to take up residence in Crescent City. Sick. Oh, oh yeah. Pollux and Baxian and they're not on Hunt's Amazon wish list, so he promptly tries to pommel them. Honey, why is there? Amazon Bryce comes to collect Hunt from jail, essentially, and she's like, really? <laughs> Bryce gives Pollock shit and then backs in and says he's glad that someone finally killed Micah. Weird. Celestina lets Bryce take Hunt home, so things look good on that front. You're like, yay, 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 I love a nice boss. Darian is now digging through Sophie's emails when he finds that Danica was emailing Sophie. Oh, my God. Oh, Another tally to the sake. list of things that Danica Fendir kept a secret. Are we surprised, though? No. No. But it's really annoying because I'm like, this is my least favourite fucking trope, is when people keep things from other people and they're like, it's to protect you. And then shit turns upside fucking down and then everyone just goes, oh. I don't know, but they do know. They you do know. Stop fucking shit up. Darian goes to Bryce to ask about Danica and Sophie at her apartment, and obviously Rune also gets called in, and this conversation basically leads to the entire gang getting roped into hunting for Sophie and Emil for various reasons. Hunt is obviously not thrilled about this because PTSD, and as they inhale pizza later, Declan and Flynn also appear, so the whole gang is now involved. It's like an episode right. of Friends. It's yeah. the worst kept secret. <laughs> Hunt then sleeps in Bryce's bed for the night, so that Ethan can have his, and it's a completely selfless act, I promise. Um, <laughs> but all hell breaks loose as the next day Ember has heard about the engagement with Cormac, and, like, it's hilarious this whole bit where Bryce, like, puts her phone down and, like, backs away from it slowly, like... <laughs> It's funny, but we don't have time. <laughs> Hunt goes to work and Bryce meets up with Fury to discuss these recent developments. Fury and Juniper are officially an item, which is super cute. So cute. <laughs> Juniper is casually facing some consequences for standing up for humans during the events of Present City 1, and Bryce isn't liking that Juniper is playing it safe. Fury admits that she didn't know about Danica and the Rebels, but she did know that Danica was a bloodhound, which meant she could sniff out lineages, so like what species people are, etc. Again, more secret. Six. So many. She hit it apparently because no one likes a nosy neighbour, but again, add it to the tally of lists of Danica's secrets. Fucking shit excuse, Danica. Hunt's day at work is going a little bit better, but not by much. And Baxin and Hunt are buddied up and we get some glimpses into like the inner workings of Sandriel's triari. Baxian seems to be like intent on mending bridges and not being a shit cunt and like <laughs> is saying things like he didn't have a choice. So I don't know, take that with a grain of salt, you cockney bastard. <laughs> His accent's hot as fuck inside too. my bastard. 
Yeah, oh. he can cockney in my bastard, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one of my favourite parts happens, and that's when Rune and Bryce get back to her apartment to speak with Therian and Ethan, and Ethan is just, like, casually petting this white fluffy cat on the couch, and he's like, oh, my God, Bryce, your cat is so adorable. <laughs> and Bryce is like, well, I don't own a cat. Um, that is a prince of hell. <laughs> the best scene, in my opinion. I love it so much. Like, oh my god, so this cat is so fucking cute. <laughs> Can we keep it? <laughs> oh, Adis. Yeah, the moment when like the prince of the chasm and his Adidas sneakers like jump in cat form on the coffee table—it's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adis drops some like ancestral tea that like one Bryce's Starla is like a true form of a female line, and Runes is like her rapist's line. Oh, oh, that's, oh. that's awkward. Adis just wants Bryce to like level up because just super casual. Hell's armies are ready and waiting for her to lead. Yeah, just casual. it's like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Cormac appears and he's like, oh my god, hi Agent Silverbow from the prologue. What? XXX Gossip Girl. And then the cat just eats. I've just remembered what the cat reminds me of. So it's also a little bit of Yzma in Emperor's New Groove. But did you guys watch the movie Cats and Dogs growing up? Oh my god. The white cat. The evil white cat. That is. (laughs) Oh my god. Literally 100%. You're not wrong. (laughs) Cormac was close with Sophie and is using the engagement as his excuse to be in the city looking for a meal before Pupa Spetsos, who's the angry rebel, all the Asteri. Cormac wants Rune to assist the rebels with his mind-speaking powers as a communication link with a high-ranking spy. As Sophie used to do that, she is now dead. (laughs) 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 There's a lot going on, isn't there? There's so much. You know, book one, we were just solving a murder, okay? Yeah. It was just a murder. And now we've got, like, three separate plot lines happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and one of them is just like, okay, how do we be normal again? And that's confusing (laughs) me in total. I'm like, but we're trying to also be normal, but there's all this other stuff that's going on. Are we just going to ignore it all? (laughs) Yeah. And fight a rebellion. It's a bit of an oxymoron. The gang are reeling, as we all are. They try to figure out if the clues from the emails with Danica... Okay, Dusk's Truth and Project Thur have anything to do with this, but we don't have any answers. Naturally. Bryce and Hunt finally get on the same page about all this rebel activity and agree to throw the celibacy agreement out the window, which, thank God. Thank God. Therian gives Ethan the tea on what happened in Crescent City 1, and after he leaves, Ethan is just, like, processing when he finds Danica's sword just in the linen cupboard, and he's literally, like, (laughs) pretending to be all, like, swashbuckling on the coffee table. <laughs> when, when Bryce walks in as he's perched on the coffee table and they both like look at each other and then the coffee table breaks and in the chaos <laughs> of that moment we might find a whole secret pile of paperwork and it's like Danica's college research and all these documents that she hid and there's like a page that says like dust truth but blank with of course there is probably invisible ink you probably just need to hold it up to the right light and it'd be like Oh my god. This is Danica we're talking about, so anything's possible. Rune updates Declan and Flynn on everything because, again, this is the worst kept secret to ever exist is that these guys are involved with rebel activity. Everyone knows. Rune decides to speak. 
Cormac and then basically agrees to speak with Agent Dayfryer in his head to help the rebels. Slay. We jump to Tharian being a mechanic in his underwater palace. He is approached by the River Queen's daughter, who is looking to fuck. Tharian nice. politely declines. He's a busy boy. We don't even know this woman by any name other than the River Queen's daughter. Yeah, so random. <laughs> yeah. Hunt is giving Baxian a tour of the barracks and we get a precious moment of Hunt teaching the Bloodhound what an Xbox is. Oh. Baxian and Pollux no. settle into their rooms whilst Hunt, Isaiah and Naomi have a bit of a whinge. Hunt contemplates confessing everything to them to try and spare Bryce from probably dying but decides at the last minute to keep his mouth shut. We then jump to Hunt and Bryce enjoying some pillow talk about how she should be careful and he is worried about dying etc etc the usual. It's the conversation so nice. shifts to sex and a game of who can make the other the most jealous about previous hookups. <laughs> they then get horny obviously and Hunt tells her that because it's been a while he might be a bit loud. Bryce offers to gag him to which he asks if she's into that and we get this from Bryce the relatable queen. I'll try anything once. Slay. Slay. <laughs> Bryce wants to suck off Hunt. <laughs> she wants to suck it like a golf ball through a garden hose. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are we to a garden hose? We're not going to just pretend you didn't say that. (laughs) How did we get here? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Bryce wants to suck off Hunt before they fuck. She starts by teasing him slowly, licking and sucking on his nipple. For me personally, I found that a bit weird. I was not aware (laughs) men were turned on by their nipples. Um, But anyway. Just the problem is that I just picture it being weird. You know, yeah. I just picture him just like Itty sitting bitty. there like this. And she's like suckling and her like- being like <laughs> I just picture there's so much eye contact. And guys don't look attractive from that angle. No one looks attractive. So no. he's like no. <laughs> and she's like <laughs> You know? I'm so glad we're on the same page with this. Hunt's yeah. a pinky boy. He is. Pinky he likes boy. it all. He can't pretend he's toes. not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she then tells him that his tits are as big as hers. And honestly, it's the worst yeah. talk I've ever read. <laughs> These tits are so juicy. They remind me of the ones I see in the mirror every day. <laughs> she pulls his pants down to reveal his gigantic cock, almost too big for her dainty hand to wrap around him fully. Hunt fantasizes about feasting on her nipples and then she takes him in her mouth all the way down to her throat. He fucks her face and he comes in her mouth and like a good little princess, she swallows it all. A drop of cum dribbles down her chin and she wipes it oh. off, rubs it between <clears throat> her fingers and then lips them clean. Oh, this oh is a lot. God. This is a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot. the rubbing. It's, it's unnecessary. It's, yeah. She's There's unnecessary rubbing. To get and licks it, it. You don't have to like, <laughs> what is the consistency? <laughs> She's like, ooh, Tiny I can stretch it. <laughs> Ethan yeah. then yells at them from the room next door to have sex a little louder next time because he didn't hear them clearly enough. Bryce rolls over and goes to sleep, leaving Hunt to his own post-cum come down. <laughs> Hunt wakes to find himself trapped in a dream with the prince of the pit, Apollyon. The demon says he and Bryce are wasting their powers and that they need training, they are valuable, war is coming, and the prince isn't interested in losing this time. Apollyon, if you were Dreaming. a couple minutes earlier, you would have been able to feel some weird viscous texture between some fingers <laughs> and you would have been like, whoa! <laughs> 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 No. 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 
Rune makes his first attempt at communicating mind to mind with Agent Daybright. It works and he finds himself facing a female with a lovely voice cloaked in flame. She gives him the code name Night, so we have Day and Night. Hunt and Isaiah are called into a meeting with Celestina and it turns out that Pollux and Baxian got into a brawl outside of a pub because Pollux was sexually assaulting a female and Baxian saved her. We get this quote from Pollux. Some females say no when they want it. It's a game for them. Uh, Every woman ever raging. (laughs) The throat punch I would give him. Celestina doesn't punish them because the Asseri said so. We love men getting away with sexual assault. Uh, Mm -hmm. And instead is forced to mate with the other archangel, Ephraim, as punishment for the embarrassment her Triari has caused. Her and Hunt have a nice chat where she tells him she tried to buy him from Sandriel and that she was sorry and she wants to be friends. Hunt is sus as fuck, but also hopeful that she isn't actually a psycho. Hunt questions Baxian about his newfound morals, but Baxian won't give up any secrets without getting one in return. Ethan Mm. and Tharian are investigating a body along the river. Ethan is there to smell for clues and discovers the scent of a young human male, probably a meal, and a human female, probably Pippa. Bryce and Rune are on their way to a training session when Bryce starts talking about other worlds and planets and gods and how they are all immigrants from other worlds. Oh, the foreshadowing is strong with this one. Yikes. Something like a crisis we all just went, so wow, that's such an interesting thought to have, Bryce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a slog reading this the first time. I remember mm. this this part and like these elements. I did find a bit of a slog. But yeah, then in the reread with context, you're mm. like, makes ah, sense. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, Rune is kidnapped by a reaper and yeeted into the sewer. Bryce follows and finds five more of them. They tell her that the prince of the pit is ready to strike and wants to fight her, but only if she's at full power. He's such a manly man. Yeah. Yeah. I only find really strong women. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They get into a fight and then Cormac appears and winnows. Sorry, I mean teleports. The Reapers. God knows where. Before saving Rune and giving Bryce the Star Sword. She uses it to kill a Reaper, which is a surprise as Reapers are supposed to be unkillable. Winnows. It didn't even... Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going, that's a winnow. If I had seen it. I didn't. Even the I explanation didn't. of the two points of yeah. paper folding together just, is the exact same as Jess went, nah. <laughs> Com- completely <Yeah>. missed. <laughs> We hit part two and Tharian is being grilled, lol, because he's a fish, for having (gasps) the River Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Tharian is being grilled for asking the River Queen's daughter on a date above. Turns out Ariel doesn't want to be where the people are and his proposal left her with severe anxiety. (laughs) Oh, Oh, just... Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Ariel, Little right. Mermaid, it's all coming together. She questions him on updates about Emil before sending him to go pick up trash from the river for asking her daughter on a date. The punishment. Rune questions his dad about the Star Sword after what happened with the Reaper. We get to hear the word seven a lot. You know, seven gods, seven Asteri, seven everything else. Seven, seven, seven. Seems relevant. Bryce confronts Cormac and is like, what the fuck, bro, you can teleport. Teach me your ways. Bryce once again finds out Danica has been keeping more secrets. She's like, where we even friends and I can't help but agree. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce and Hunt decide a casual gym sesh is in order and hey. naturally watching each other work out they end up horny because sweat I guess. <laughs> Hunt decides the snack counter is the perfect place to eat Bryce's coochie. He <laughs> sits her up you know, uses his wings to block her from the street view, rolls down her That's leggings. That's probably for the best. Yeah, I agree. Rolls down her leggings and thong and we get a lovely inner monologue from Bryce, hoping she doesn't have stank puss from the workout <laughs> she just did. 
Hunt don't care. In fact, we get this quote. You taste like God's in paradise. I knew you'd taste like this. Guess he likes it salty. Yeah, Hunt's sicko. I love it. Happy for them. Yeah. Guess he likes it salty. Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Russ comes so hard from a tongue fucking, she decides then and there that was the perfect time to tell Hunt that she loves him. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, rocked so hard that you're like, maybe I do love you. (laughs) This pleases Hunt, who uses his zap daddy powers on her clit and proceeds to tell her that he loves her back. He zaps her flaps. He zaps, he her, flaps. zaps her flaps. He does not zap the flap. Zaps the clitoris. Yeah. It's just a little ding. Okay. It's it's not not a, what was that about? <laughs> and even she's like, I'm going to smell. The conditions but... are not optimal down there, sir. Mm-mm. And he's like, I'm a wilderness explorer. He's, he's like, I like fish, actually. So. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's my bestie. It's the I knew you'd taste like this for me. Like, as if he knew she'd taste like a sweaty fucking mess. I knew you'd fucking stink. <laughs> you dirty, dirty bitch. <laughs> Pink. <laughs> like, the scene is forever ruined for me now, like, with the sweat. I can't. Yeah. Again, yeah. I'm happy for them. You've, like, you know, everyone's got their person. It's just I've never been more clear that I'm not Hunt's person. <laughs> no. Yeah. In fact, I started Hunt nibbling on my toes. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me rune. Anyway, after they confess that they love each other, they then have the whole what are we conversation and I've never heard something so relatable. (laughs) Hunt suggests that they are mates, which Bryce thinks is a bit intense given the whole fey mates thing, but hey, they roll with it, you know, because mates are so rare. Yeah, they're super rare. (laughs) So rare. So rare in Sarah Jane. I'm pretty sure it's also said in that part how rare the mates are. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Rune meets with Day again, who tells him when to blow up a train. They then fight because he sucks at being a secret agent, which obviously we know this. Bryce and Hunt take a boat to the bone quarter. Bryce is shook because it isn't the lush green place she saw through the mist at the end of House of Earth and Blood. The Under King turns up, giving them no answers and then revealing that he eats the souls of the dead. He then says Yikes. he needs to eat Bryce's because of her power. They fight. No. Bryce and Hunt combine powers, you know, a bit of like Captain Planet. <laughs> yes. And then fuck them all up before being saved by Tharion. Meanwhile, Cormac, Ethan and Rune are almost caught in an alleyway by Bordock who Ethan then reveals is Danica's father. Well, I know other secret. Rune and Ethan then catch up in a bar as like a cover-up and Rune asks Ethan to move in with him. The Hind and the Harpy show up just to search it. They play some cards, size each other up, and then the Hind drops a bombshell that <coughs> Ethan had a crush on Bryce and was glad Connor died so he could make a move. Fucking brutal. <laughs> Celestina invites Hunt and the Triari to meet with her new boo. Hunt promises he will have her back and then bails halfway through because fucking Sabine shows up at Bryce's house being like, hello, cunts. She She yeets Bryce across the room before telling her to stay the fuck out of wolf business. Everyone is basically like, nah, fuck you, Sabine. And then Hunt shows up with a gun to her head with Baxian as backup. Turns out Baxian and Sabine, like, know each other. Rune escapes into his own mind again and talks with Day about how good beers are and wishing for a better life. Hunt is punished by (laughs) Celestina for bailing on her date. His punishment is staying at the barracks for two weeks. He's gone from torturous punishment to blue balls. Tharian has a brilliant idea to visit the Mystics. 
She, Ethan, and Tharian show up, and essentially some old wizard dude has three people floating in tanks who can travel through time and space with their minds. Doesn't they seem fucking weird, right? Uh, some old dude having these three young little fucking things in a fucking mm-mm. tub, and it's weird, and it's, everything's odd. It's I'm confused. I'm concerned. Weird. <clears throat> Someone call the DCB. The sprites in the rings. What the fuck? Mm. Psychopath. Mm. They pay to have them investigate where Connor and the pack of devils are, you know, after finding out that they weren't in this lush green paradise paradise afterlife one of the floaties goes too far into hell and a prince from hell decides to try and eat him Ethan one of the floaties <laughs> it's like like the kid shits in a pool and then it floats to the top <laughs> Oh. <laughs> a prince from hell decides he wants to try and eat him Ethan pulls all the mystics out of the tanks to save them Old mate wizard kicks them out Rice is also fucking pissed at Tharion for putting them in that position And wants nothing to do with them That is until they see Mordok waiting for them in the alleyway So it doesn't take long But Bryce forgives Tharion Tells him he's on probation after what happened at the mystics And look who wouldn't forgive the sexy merman Hunt is still at the barracks But something beautiful does come from this separation from Queen Bee And that is a truly incredible phone sex scene yeah yeah (laughs) we've experienced a lot of their sex already i'm not going to go into it but it is a really really well written phone sex scene there's no nipples m so you don't have to be too scared there's no Um, nipples or toes in this scene no stank puss, so we're good. Oh. Yeah. Bryce is with Rune and Cormac at the Ox training ring. Cormac is trying to teach her how to teleport with not much success. Declan calls and his program has finally analysed the footage from the gallery and found something on Danica. Surprise, surprise, Shaka. more shady shit from Danica. The footage from two months before she died shows that when she was left alone in the library, Danica had grabbed a book and started taking photos of it. The book was Wolves Through Time, Lineage of the Shifters. You best believe Bryce gets her hands on that book. Bryce has to go talk to the Prime after discovering some interesting history in the text, so Rune calls Sabine away for a fake urgent matter to get her out of the den. The Prime still refers to Bryce as a wolf, the same thing he had called her as he watched her during the attack. I don't know if this little nugget of information is important, however, let's just keep it in the knowledge bag just in case. The Prime says they did terrible things during the First Wars, and then allowed themselves to be under Asteri rule. They've lost who they once were, and have become tamed by the Asteri. The Prime believes Danica may have led them back to who they once were. Bryce then informs him that Ethan was kicked out of the pack by Sabine. He wasn't no. happy. Bryce then goes to see Celestina as she needs Hunt for what is to come with the rebels. She makes a formal request for Hunt, saying she needs him just for one night. Lies. Celestina Shady. says she can take Hunt with her and then he can stay with her as he doesn't have to stay at the barracks anymore. Interesting. It's almost like Celestina wants them to be in close proximity, just as much as the rest of us. Celestina <laughs> is actually like, I need that man and his fucking weird toe fetish out of this building. <laughs> he is freaking everyone out in the showers. Yeah. The toes. Everyone's like, I gotta wear socks all the time. I can't have them exposed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Oh, look at those dogs. Woof, woof, woof. Don't use red nail polish. <laughs> Ethan gets a call from the Prime. The Prime offers to make Ethan the alpha of his own pack. He then heads back to the place where they saw the astronomer. No answer at the door, so he opens it and goes inside instead, obviously. So Ethan finds the female mystic who tells him the astronomer put the other two back in, but didn't have the part needed to fix her machine. Ethan discovers that the mystic is a wolf. He tells her if she ever wants to get out of there to send word to him. He steals the ring box with the astronomer
Anonymous rings inside. Ethan, what you doing, boy? I love Ethan's like, I know you're in slavery, but if you change your mind, just send me like an FB message and I will (laughs) just come over. Just can't be smart or dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Ethan, there's this whole thing. Is he going to be an alpha? And I'm like, no, he's not. He's just a wee baby. Ethan's like a strong beta and that's fine. He's good at that. Let's not pretend he's something more. Now, Rune is back on the dream bridge and tells Day the rebels were successful in their hit. They talk for a while before she doubles over convulsing. Oh, this scene had me feeling all sorts Mm. of yuck because Rune realizes she was woken with rough sex by somebody and he waits there until she comes back. Baby Rune was worried. He was worried. And when she says it was all fine, he comments that she didn't seem to enjoy it much. Day confesses she hates the male she's sleeping with and that nobody else knows it. Oh, that scene is actually quite intense. I love the day mm. and night stuff. Yeah, I love so it. do I. It's I like, also that moment is when I'm pretty sure I messaged Briny or Snapchat of Briny saying I'm pretty sure that day is behind. <gasps> I didn't guess it. I, I did not I was either. Like straight away, straight away, I was like, there is something happening here. I mm. think it's behind. I thought yeah. it was someone yeah. that they definitely knew, but I did not pick the hind. I thought it was Celestina. Yeah, I don't know why it was Celestina. Yeah, or mm. Hypaxia. But no, that scene was quite intense. It was really well written. And yeah, it did. It made me feel all the feels. And they are my favorite part of the entire book. <laughs> Hunt Bryce, Tharian and Rune are now headed on their next mission after being teleported to a sea cave by Cormac. Pippa arrives as they unload the shipment and denies being responsible for the murders. Hunt analyzes one of the suits and discovers it can draw first light from the ground due to the Gordian stone metal it's formed from. Look, again, more stuff. So there's these suits that they put on and basically the rebel army will be invincible. The scary part is that a veneer warrior could climb inside one of these suits and just be indestructible. And I think that's why Hunt is super unsettled by all of it and he demands they're just destroyed. The whole encounter goes to shit with a lot of death and drama. Cormac gets hit and it all ends with Bryce vowing to no longer help Tharion and the Queen after witnessing everything. The Hind appears on the horizon to cause more chaos and Hunt goes full psycho. They are saved by Commander Sendez and taken then to the Ravel Canyon. By this point, I was a little bit confused. Back to baby Ethan, who after getting grilled by his mates, opens the astronomer's rings to find four sprites. Three look like Lily, Rithi, Melina, and Sasa. One breaks out as a human-sized female who's actually a freaking dragon. That's very <laughs> casual. The only other time that Sarah J Mass has mentioned dragons is when she talks about the dragon glass mm. in Throne of Glass that Aelin is forced to kneel in. The mm. only other time that I can think of that dragons are mentioned. Back to the ship. Hunt is still glowing. So Bryce asks to take him to the biodome for privacy. Now, if you've read the book, you know what's coming. It's Bryce. She's coming. <laughs> Bryce is coming. She wants to save her mate and awake him from this weird lightning storm mindset he's in. So what better way to do that than a good old-fashioned fucking? His power flowed over her, around her a million sensual caresses, and she arched into it gave herself over to it. He palmed her breast, power zapping her nipple as she gasped. There you go. Oh. There's the nipples Ooh. again. The nipples. <laughs> Always the fucking nipples. <laughs> Their powers combine and boom. They're not in the garden of the biodome anymore. Their naked selves are in the air locker. Teleportation, people. She did it. That's really funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great that scene. a good laugh, but... <laughs> It's a great There's scene. all those interesting quotes as well during that sex scene where she mm. says she feels like she's passing through 
time, space, mm. and it's just really weird. Can we back oh, to the part where Bryce was like, so when we were coming together, we teleported in front of her, like. <laughs> yeah, she's like, by the way, she's like, we just we fucked. <laughs> we fucked. <laughs> we came Do together. Do you smell that? That's my <laughs> stank puss. <laughs> <laughs> Cormac is in the ship's hospital and Senders says he was talking about Sophie Renast in his delirious state. They recognise the name and inform Bryce, Hunt and Cormac that she drowned and they have the corpse. That's so nice. <laughs> what a coincidence. We're actually that on the that ship. That you were looking for? She's, we've got her in the morgue. We've got her in the morgue. She's dead. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> in Darian needs the corpse for the River Queen as she wants it, obviously. Sendez thinks she could only want it if she's planned to use a necromancer to reanimate. That's mm. pretty icky. That's gross. gross. She could use it as a weapon. Day and night have another meaningful exchange, keeping each other updated on the past events. This leads to a bedtime story that I won't get into, but can we take a minute to appreciate this blooming love story, guys? Like He lays there, she tells him a story. It's like a bloody love is blind episode. They don't know what each other looks like, but they're fallen. They're fallen. Now we hit part three and a bunch more stuff happens that's not of great significance, so here's some dot points. Rune is introduced to the sprites and the dragon lady. Hunt is mad that Bryce kept Emil's location secret. Bryce seeks out Emil and the Viper Queen again for some more info that answers no questions. Danica was involved with Sophie revealed. Again. Again, no shocks. Some talk about Lily's bravery. Sob again. Hunt and Bryce's mateship is smelly. <laughs> That's dangerous. It's dangerous. Oh, fucking hell. I love <laughs> Bryce. I love Bryce so much, but she now has stank puss and yeah, so, let it go. So Celestina, so where this stemmed from is Celestina can tell their mates because they stink like mates. And so obviously I've written Take this Take a fucking shower, hon. Jesus Christ. So what does it smell like? Opening the questions here to you. What does what does (laughs) it's gonna smell like it's zappy, right? So it's gonna smell like burnt burnt fish or something. Yeah, burnt toast. Toast. Burnt toast and fish. Just, no, if you've ever had laser, salmon. If you've ever had laser hair removal, that's what I think it smells like. <gasps> Just burning no, flesh. Like, oh. I'm like, it's burnt toast. Wait, are we all having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Queen Hypaxia shows up at Rune's house, wants his help. Also, Hypaxia can shrink her broom down into a brooch. How freaking cool is that? Hypaxia doesn't trust that her coven won't kill her and replace her with her sister, the Hind. Rune vows to protect her as well as get friends to help. Ethan agrees to do so. God, we love him. Bryce and Hunt mend bridges and apologise and she discloses how the truth of where Emil will be going is only to stay with him, Fury and Juniper. He's heading to Bryce's parents' house and he will go by the name of Cooper Salago. We find out Bryce's postcards with her mum are actually written in code to which they organise this whole thing. So Bryce has known where Emil's been for a long entire time. time. That storyline just resolved. Just resolved. Like, yeah, I I know where Emil is. He's going to live with my parents. safe. I now have a stepbrother. I am glad we didn't get some sort of fuck storyline about a kid being turned into slavery and used for his power. Like, I'm very glad about that part. We're happy he's safe. Bryce and Hunt make up a little further in the library because why not? I love this scene. It's a great scene. I fucking love the library sex scene. I will die on the hill that is the library sex scene. As the token librarian (laughs) in the room, I also love 
sex scene. <laughs> Emily's like, the representation was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. The Autumn King shows up at Bryce's work and once again she thinks because he can sent that Hunt and her are mates, he's not super happy. No, of course he's not. The King also reveals that because Bryce has been using her title of princess multiple times, she can't undo it now. The world knows and the paperwork to make it official has already been filed. She's a fae princess now, bitches. That also comes with a black credit card with unlimited funds thanks to Daddy. <laughs> thanks, Daddy. Looks. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Back to quick points because this shit goes I on forever. <laughs> Hypaxia reveals she's in love with someone but can't be with them. Hypaxia also tells of her undead tutors. Shit. Another interesting thing. Zombie teachers. Yeah. Zombie teachers. See, dragons, zombies, all introduced here. Whilst Ethan is standing guard during this meetup, he's attacked by a scaled grey beast and his throat is ripped out. Bryce tethers <laughs> from Hypaxia's power and teleports to Ethan, grabbing the gun from him and firing. They're killing beasts. Hypaxia takes Ethan to the witch's embassy and helps heal him. Ariadne the dragon has escaped. Yeah, she yeeted so far. <laughs> she was like, hi, bye. The guy that saved me is dying. I'm just going to yeet. Ethan wakes and reveals he heard all the conversations about stopping Hypaxia's mother from going to an eternal resting place and he wants her to do it for Connor. So Hypaxia has all these hidden powers and she's incredibly powerful. And again, no secrets here because people just talk in front of others. Again, they're like, they'll never know that we've worked yeah. with the rebellion. We have absolutely no chill <laughs> no chill the bromance is strong with the boys coming back to check in on Ethan wanting him to come home they're all saying when are you coming home I thought that was so cute uh, yeah. Tharian and Hypaxia have some nice interactions and they seem to be friends Tharian wants in on the bromance and asks to move in with Rune I would too to be yeah. honest mm. like I want to move in also mm. now things are starting to heat up with day and night he's still angry with her after their last exchange being kind of frosty they talk a little and it becomes clear to them both that there is a friendship, possibly more. So they plan to meet at the Autumn Equinox Ball for the Archangels on the rooftop garden at midnight. And if they think they see each other, they'll call out day or night, to which the other will reply. This... I just, the whole interaction had me squealing. Yeah. Again, they're my favourite part of the book, so I actually went into a little depth with these guys because I just love no, it. I love it. So just meet me, all right? Why? You know why. Yes. Midnight? Midnight. Oh, I'm screaming. I just, well, I was so excited. So a quick two weeks go by and it's the day of the party. Hunt is obviously blown away with the beauty of Queen Bee saying, holy shit, you're so fucking beautiful. And honestly, that's all we need. Her reply to his drooling is just as sweet. Want to stay home and fuck instead? <laughs> Yeah, yes. he's like, Love I can her. see that you're wearing like an open toe heel and <laughs> I'm a <laughs> Those toes are for me. <laughs> Rune is already at the party, anxious and awaiting. He's thinking about Day and he's itching to meet her. Guys, I'm getting Cinderella story vibes here. I'm living mm. for this. Chad Michael Murray. Hilary Duff. And it's a masked ball. All adding up. Bryce arrives at the party with Hunt and Cormac, ignoring her father's attempt to greet her and snubbing him in front of everyone. She goes up to Celestina and Ephraim to congratulate them and they extend the same to her. She thanks them and says her and Prince Hunt will be very happy together. <laughs> Prince Hunt. I can't. <laughs> she has officially made a public declaration that her and Hunt are mates and that he is now a prince of the Fae. Ooh. Mm. Controversial. She tells them Cormac is just with her as a friend. Ooh. Friend zoned. Yeah. Suddenly, the Asteri join the celebration via Zoom. Woo. Six immortal figures nice. scaring the shit out of everybody. What a buzzkill. Oh. <laughs> the Asteri congratulate Ephraim and Celestina. Continuing with, I understand other congratulations are in order too. 
with Princess Bryce Dannon and Prince Hunt Athala. <laughs> they know all. Well, Cormac comes to Bryce's side out of respect. Her. Oh, she stinks. <laughs> That's it. She stinks. <laughs> Cormac comes to Bryce's side out of respect and to bow, but he is angry with her. According to Fay Law, Bryce is now Hunt's property. Ew. Again, I'm like, mm. Hunt and Bryce join the dance floor to try and distract themselves from what just surpassed. Hunt tells Bryce, everything that ever happened to me, it was all so I could meet you, Quinlan. Be here with you. I'm yours forever. <laughs> Bryce replies, everything I am is yours. Oh, oh my God. So much. Why do I sense some bad shit to come? Lines like this just scream foreshadowed torture or some shit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Rune yeah. and Hypaxia dance together too, but she's distracted as she is looking for her sister, the Hind. This will be the first time she meets her and Rune points her out across the room. Rune offers to go with her to meet, seeing the time is 11.50. He has some time before needing to make his escape to the fountain. Hypaxia tells the hammer to lurk somewhere else and he gets the shits. So Rune takes this as an opportunity to abandon her, also to leave the women to their sisterly bonding. Wrong. He's off to meet his woman. He leaned against the fountain, monitoring the doors for her appearance. And then he gets looking for someone, (laughs) a female voice crooned. Rune whirled, his stomach bottoming out as he beheld the masked figure before him. The harpy stood in the shadows beyond the fountain as if she'd been waiting. Also, Rune, again, you have no chill. All right, so our boy Rune is confused as all hell but being the gentleman that he is and him having zero fucking chill he calls the harpy day to see her reaction mm. she's got no fucking idea what he's talking about so that's a big relief everyone's Yay. size of relief Thank oh. you. she's like it's fucking night do you not have eyes like, <laughs> like what do you mean so hunt and bryce end up sneaking off to a closet to fuck it's locked, but they end up breaking it open in the vigor to get in there. But inside, they end up finding Celestina and also Hypaxia having sex. Her tit is out. It's brilliant. Slay queer queens. We love it. <laughs> I just love that moment where they're literally like her boob is just out and she they're just like yeah. staring at the tit, staring at her, it's staring at the tit, staring at her. Like, locked door? I'm not taking this hint. We're breaking no. it down. Yeah. I did love this. I didn't expect this. No. Oh, neither. Mm-mm. No, nah, I didn't not, expect nah. that. And because didn't someone had a theory about Celestina being day, I thought it may have been hypaxia, so it kind of threw everything. It was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, well, I fucking know nothing now. So Ethan is trying to contact Connor from the dead. Hypaxia is helping him, but we have more important things to worry about, a.k.a. day and rune making out. But it's very short-lived when she gets woken up by someone in the real world again. Yikes. No good. Mm-mm. Hunt and Bryce get toey again, and he's just out here <laughs> massaging her feet kissing her feet and nibbling her toes like a little rat. We get this quote. These little toes make me think some dirty things, Quinlan. Oh, I actually like got the shivers then. I mean, you don't like someone's young, but but if we were to, though, <laughs> so, many toes, toes, so many things. So many other toes. things he could be nibbling. But lucky we can sidestep that and we get straight to this, which is Bryce saying, I'm issuing a royal decree for you to fuck me, Hunt, hard. <laughs> so a royal decree we can, we can abide yeah. by. All right. Bryce always yeah. redeems, doesn't yes. she? She yes. always yeah. redeems. <laughs> Bryce is yes, making, she does. she's doing the absolute most out of whatever she's mm. been given. Ethan <laughs> meets up with the Underking, but again, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
Apollyon visits Bryce in her sleep. He's planning to invade Midgard. We learn that Adeus and Thea, <laughs> the Starborn Queen, they were lovers. Adidas and Thea were lovers. <laughs> With a sprinkle of enemies, that's my type of love. <laughs> Apollyon wants her to open the gates of hell using the horn. She says no, and he just says, call me when you learn the truth. And can everyone stop being so fucking evasive and just tell us some goddamn information? I know. Thank you so I much. Know. Honestly. fucking facts, people, not seriously. Bullshit. It shouldn't take 700 pages to get there. Hypaxia and Ethan tell Bryce that the Underking wants to meet her at Urd's temple. And I don't know why I have to say, like, Urd, but I have to go Urd. Urd. Yeah, and I feel that. Well, Bryce, you'd better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> She's made a joke. It's good. Bless her. But anyway. I've never been proud of. She doesn't. She gets to the temple. Pippa and the soldiers are there to get him. No one is just, it's all happening. I don't care. Bryce has to get Hypaxia out of there. Hunt charges her the fuck up like she's just some kind of electronic machine. She goes to one of the gates to broadcast that there is a rebel army trying to attack them. The hind and stuff end up showing up to fight Pippa. Baxian saves them again. Baxian has a tattoo on his heart. Through love, all is possible. Mm, he and Danica are right. fucking mates. Screams. But again, uh, I can stop at Danica. So I'm yeah. like, fuck Danica, you, Danica. You hid having a mate. I know. That's a lot. We've spent 800 pages hearing about how stanky that is, and yet you yeah. could hide it? <laughs> yeah, I just, Danica, she's dead, but she's she dead. has more character growth yeah. than any of them. Anyone, anyone. But also the most character assassination, like Sarah really went in hard with just fucking up yeah. who she is as a person. Yeah. yeah. No, Bryce is obviously like, <laughs> what the fuck? And Danica learns about Sophie while researching the Thunderbird lineage. She tracked down Sophie and he thinks that Danica had theories about Thunderbirds and their power, isn't sure what, but knows that Danica and Sophie found something war-changing in capitals. Don't know why. <laughs> in the Asteri archives, Sophie is arm tap is a system of numbering room in the archives because, yeah, there's like a tattoo thing. I don't know. It's this I thing. I think Sophie carved something into her skin as she was drowning. That's yeah. it, yes. Thanks so much, Sophie. At least she's doing the bare minimum, but at least she's doing something, okay? <laughs> Take notes, Danica, you fucking stupid bitch. Anyway. <laughs> a bundle of stuff happens here, okay? So basically they're planning to get into the Eternal City to get the archives. Bryce tells Fury this and Fury is going to try to find some intel sick. Darian calls off his betrothal. He's running where? Who knows? There's another Fendry heir, the Alpha Mystic, UPKA. Darian fucking selling himself to the Viper Queen. Oh, Whoa. that part okay. pissed me the fuck off. I was like, how did we get here? This is what I mean. That's why I've Gone, why? Barry in this whole book is like, well, I really like Bryce's apartment. Maybe I should mutiny. Yeah. Yes. Sofa <laughs> is really fucking nice. Maybe I should mutiny. He's just literally gone, well, I'm in a mutiny and then throw myself into the fucking pits, basically. Yeah. So, literally. Good. That part worries anyway. me. It that does. Yeah. For the next book. We then end up flipping to Rune and Day. And at this point, and all points, I knew it was the hind. I just <laughs> fucking knew it. Day tells him a story about a witch that turns into a monster. And then she finds her prince and he saves her. And she turns back into a witch. And it's them. Okay. Then they have mind sex. And then she That's gets taken. Amazing. Mind freaky sex. It's but, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she gets taken. And all she says before she gets yeeted is the dungeons, which that sounds very ah. promising. Doesn't she get better? over the couch in their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it does. He, he, like he, fucks, he fucks her from behind. Yeah. I'm so happy for them. From behind. Uh, hind. 
Uh, it was there the whole time. <laughs> so Rune ends up telling the gang about Day, and when they break into the palace for the archives, he's going to go and save her. They make a plan that I can't be fucked going into, but it's going to be difficult, so buckle in. Nice. So Tharian and Cormac are on their way to the lab for a raid. It's a separate thing. I don't care. And Bryce and Hunt and Rune are going to the Eternal <laughs> City. Cormac tells Bryce that the Oracle didn't mean that their love would bring peace, but that their union as allies would slay besties. Let's go. Bryce <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> ends up teleporting to the archives. She finds out that the Asteri feed on first light, so basically cut off the first light and then they can be yeeted sick. In the meantime, Rune is getting antsy and decides to go find Day earlier than anticipated. And as such, stupid actions, stupid consequences. He's caught by You fuck okay? around, you find you out. You find out. Yeah. Old oh, mate dickhead. was thinking with his dick. Bryce <laughs> learns that the Asteri have conquered many planets and solar systems. She finds Midgard and Hell and turns out the princes of Hell travelled to Midgard to warn the people about the Asteri. And Midgard is a mixture of a bunch of different peeps from different worlds. Yeah, wow. Right. Okay. What? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, so whoa. the reread of this knowing made so much sense. Sense. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy, but then Bryce is caught by Rigolus. He likes to wriggle a lot. Rotro, I don't know. Rigolus. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Rigolus. She's a tiny kid in primary school that didn't it's grow like- up to the eyes. She's still here. <laughs> His reasoning for being a huge cunt is because he is just a huge almighty higher being cunt. It makes absolutely sense. <laughs> He tells Bryce that she's starborn, we already knew this, and has a horn <laughs> bound to her sleigh. He says that Danica realised the shifters are fae, but different from Bryce's fae, a.k.a. shifter fae from Throne of Glass and Bryce's fae from Akatar. okay? Yeah. Tell me yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Yep. Shit, it's all happening. I've got the goosebumps. I've got the goosebumps. So Bryce's fae came from an isle that was in near permanent twilight, a.k.a. dusk. Right. Project Thur was the last time someone got as far as Danica did in learning the truth in brackets Daddy Hunt sleigh. But what's not a sleigh is when Bryce transport back, Hunt and Rune are in manacles. Not good. Ah, not good. They're not manacled, the fantastic Germani fan fiction that's sitting behind Georgia right now. And I don't I don't know why, but I feel like a manacle sea creatures too. Barnacle. I don't know. Barnacle. We jump to Cormac blowing himself up inside the lab. Sorry, I just I'm briefly coming back here because Cormac has literally made himself a ball of fire and yeeted everyone except Tharian. But I again I don't have time. So turns <laughs> out the hunt doesn't smell like a normal angel because fate question mark. Who knows? The happy etc. Oh <laughs> true. Maybe it's just because he's stanky. Yeah. yeah. He still hasn't showered. Oh. Letting it fester. No. Not that word. Not fester. (laughs) So the harpy and all that, they're all there. And when Mordok leaves, the harpy goes to torture Rune, but the hind appears and attacks her. I fucking (gasps) knew it. There's a whole scene where Rune figures out who she is. She explains she's giving intel to the rebels, etc. Bryce punches her to make it look like a real fight. Real scary. (laughs) When Pollock's arrived, just like, fucking cracks her. The hind never did up Bryce's manacles though and they know that she needs to be the one to make it out basically. 
Rune is being a little bit of a fucking baby here. There's no time for a Rune, okay? Because he's blocking out day from entering his mind. Yeah, what a dickhead. Like, just idiot. not the time. Rune, you know? we need the resources. And when she's screaming for him. Oh. oh. She's screaming in his mind. And he's Stop just, it. oh, my Walking heart. Around. And I'm like, but just because. She- like such a fucking man in that moment. And yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. like a real man and not a fictional man. And he, he needs yeah, to be better. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's better. Rune. But then they're all led down to the throne room where that giant almighty fucking cunt is sitting on his throne. <laughs> In the body of like a teenage boy, so he's not that big. Yeah. Seriously, just fucking a weird choice as well. It's Stop being a gives me, It gives me Bone Carver vibes. He's been up to some shenanigans behind the scenes here for months, right? Rice starts speaking aloud, like everything she's found out, so that Declan, who's like tuning in on the cameras, will hear and know. Celestina has been out being a little cheeky girl, leaking information back to the Asteri, little ah. fucking little bitch. And then we find out some more information about the star on Bryce's chest. Basically, he says that the star on her chest is a beacon to the world where she came from, and it glows when near Faye, who have undiluted bloodlines from that world, in brackets, Cormac, tells her that the star will lead them back to that world and they want revenge. She says that she'll help if he lets Hunt and Rune go, says he agrees, and tells her to say goodbye. Hunt ends up hugging Bryce and whispers in her ear, I love you. I wish I'd said it more, but I love you, Quinlan. And our love is stronger than time, greater than any distance. Our love spans across stars and worlds. I will find you again, I promise. <gasps> oh, my God. I have tears. Complete I read this last night. Fresh. No, tears. Pain. Just on, like, a super, super casual side note. So Korma is blonde, gold skin shadow. Sounds Rowan. a lot like more oh, like Moore's family. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Basically, Rune ah. Hunt and Bryce have decided that she's going to take the Star Sword and use the gates to yeet to hell and bring armies back to save them all. She is chased by the Wriggly Worm himself, but <laughs> blasts her power from the Star Tattoo at the gate, which it's a fucking beacon to her home world, oh, not hell. Not hell. But I have tears. She yeets through it nonetheless, okay? We get a quick side note of absolute pain and tragedy because Hunt gets the slave tattoo on his forehead again. <laughs> his powers are gone and I cry for him. But also Bryce has woken up on a grassy lawn. Oh, my God. Guy, okay, here it comes, <laughs> people. Up, a, guy, a guy with wings is there and he's beautiful and he's got scarred fucking hands, okay? His he's eyes widen when he sees, sees the sword. He puts a blindfold on her, Slay, and flies <laughs> her somewhere. She keeps asking to speak with Adidas and that her world is in grave danger. The inner circle is there, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. She doesn't know who they are. She can't understand their language. She ends up using the ancient language of the Fae to speak. A woman with black short hair is like, what the fuck? And she matches the oh, star sword guys. and the sword of the winged man with the blindfold. The star sword glows with white light and the knife with dark light. The star sword is Gwydion. The woman responds to Bryce saying that no one has spoken the ancient language of the Fae for over 15,000 years. She tells Bryce that she isn't in hell and then a woman and a man arrive and Bryce oh, notes that Rune looks Almost identical to the new man. Bryce tells the woman that she didn't mean to come here and that she needs to get to hell because her mate and her brother are in grave danger. The male who looks like Rune steps forward and 
asks her for her name. She gives it to him and then we get this quote. Hello, Bryce Quinlan. My name is Rhysand. Oh, my God. Guys. Screaming, oh. crying, throwing the fuck up. We can't that is literally my skim- next note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't skim past this. I, I had no clue. Mm-mm. I had no inkling None. when I read it. And even as I was reading the chapter, I was thinking, oh, these demons, they're not as ugly as I assumed. You know, hell, like, oh, hell is nice. there's grass. And the way Sarah J Mass has written it, all the linking throughout the entire book. And then even mm-hmm. when you look back, even in book one, I suppose, but the stars, the sword, but there's in Akatar they talk about the twin sword and like just it's been linking yes, all along. That interaction and how the languages are different I was like mm. amazing and then we get a fucking shitty epilogue I was like what I didn't even read it basically <laughs> Ethan gets an update from Flynn about everything that's happened he breaks into the astronomers again he needs to go see Declan but refuses to leave the wolf mystic behind pleads with her to wake up epilogue ends with the wolf eyes opening it's like breaking dawn <laughs> the end look in terms of a music reference I thought of two suggestions so one was Out of the Woods by Taylor Swift because it just felt very very much like Bryce and Hunt just trying to like, survive and they're like are we out of the woods yet <laughs> yeah. no yeah no um, is the answer but yes it does match and then breakfast by Dove Cameron is just Bryce eating men alive left right and center <laughs> so it's just the vibes in terms of fan art to start off with by in Draken that person has done one also they've done a fan art that I have a reference and it's of Bryce and Hunt and she's like staring into a mirror and Hunt's after Hosab and Hunt's got his halo back and it's like she's seeing his ghost. It's very sad. Um, But this one is cute and it's them, you know, post-gym workout. She's got a croissant. He's holding Jelly Jubilee. Probably from book one (laughs) to be honest because he's got his halo but it's fine. He's hot and I love him. By Gabrielle Ragusi. There's the scene of them in the bone quarter with Hunt charging up the sword. She's doing a very nice overhead lunge. An overhead lunge? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't (laughs) think that's that's a medical term (laughs) medical term note that down put in the dictionary Mad Schofield has done some page overlays for this so she's Mm. done when the reapers tried to take rune and like all the details in Mad's overlays you can see her phone ringing it's her mum calling her and everything you've got the frat pack looking at Declan's laptop I Um, love that photo yeah Yeah. it's so good then you've also got by Mad Schofield them at the beginning at the ballet with Hunt Cop and a feel. Yes. Love that. Oh, his short fucking hair. Oh, short fucking amazing. hair. Then by Nariel Art, you've got them going to the Archangel Ball thing with Bryce in her like black dress with her tits out. I love that for her. And then by AJN underscore Art, we have Rune and Lydia at the Archangel's Ball when you know he was like, oh my god, I just saw her as I was yeeting. Wow, crazy business. And then I would be dead if I never mentioned Eliziana, the one. So (laughs) she did a whole bunch of character portraits for this series so FYI that's just phenomenal but in particular I wanted to reference she did the whole scene like the reason why Tharian was being sent to look for Sophie was because he was being punished because some people took a photo of him sunbathing on a rock and said he was hot and he was like you know what I am really hot so <laughs> Eliziana did that he is sunbathing with otters I love that. and then she also did one of Rune with the star sword and he's got his hair braided and that's just so 
fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Too yes. much. It's too much. It's too much. Well, that is not only the final SJM book that's been published that we've covered on the podcast. That's our final book for 2023 covered on the podcast. Woo! Woo! Thank you so much to Emily and Jess for being a part of this with us and for covering Crescent City with us. Thank you for having yeah. us. It's been so much fun. It's the best time. Uh, and I haven't laughed that much in ages. <laughs> <laughs> Our last episode for the entire year is a very, very special episode. And that is a Sarah J Mass Theories episode where George and I will be speaking with A Court of Thorns and Rosie, who is a amazing SJM theorist. And we are so fucking excited for that. That's yes. going to be epic. Yeah, I can't wait to listen. <laughs> yeah. So excited. It's be absolute mayhem. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube if you haven't already at a Book Nebev podcast. Please rate, like, and subscribe. We hear that helps. We love and appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.